Alright, good evening everybody. My name is Dorn. I've got my co-host Lucas Blevins with me and we are recording this as of Wednesday, June 21st of the Benchwarmer Podcast. It's the first ever episode of the Benchwarmer Podcast and I'm going to let Boy introduce himself in a minute but my name is Jacob Dorn and me and, me and uh, Boy are a small town duo trying to get into the podcast and business we are a sports podcast only, um, and I'm going to let Boy introduce himself real quick. Hello, yeah, I'm, I'm Lucas, Lucas Blevins, and you know we're just starting up this new Benchwarm podcast, the first episode we're making, and I'm super excited to get into this with you. You know, We're just going to talk all about basketball, You know, mostly about the NBA, maybe a little football in there, maybe a little other sports. We'll see. Just I'm just very excited to get into this. Alright, uh, and I'm also going to let him talk about some of the current headlines. We've had a lot go on this past weekend. We've had uh, several players opt out of their player options. We've had a couple big trades regarding Lucas's favorite team, the Washington Wizards. So I will let him get into that real quick. Alright, so let's talk about trade number one here. It's the Bradley Beal trade to the Suns. And before I get into it, what's your thoughts on the trade, Dorn? Um, uh, it was bound to happen at some point. Um, you know, it's, it's been rumored for years that, you know, Bradley Beal was going to get out of Washington at some point, whether that be a trade, whether that be free agency. I was actually quite shocked when he signed his max extension, uh, last year. And, but you know, it's a full rebuild. It's a new team now. Um, you know, new GM, new players it i it's going to be exciting and i'm actually very happy for bradley beal you know he gets a chance to finally be on a team where he can contend for a championship because i feel like he's always been one of those uh really well-liked guys that you just really want to see get a ring before he hangs them up right yeah and I, I agree you know it's kind of the same situation as dame it's just like loyalty or ring it's kind of a choice you don't really get both and, you know, that's something I've been looking at. It's it's sad to see him go as a Wizards fan. You know, him in the John Wall years, you know, it was very fun. The playoff teams, you know, made it the second round. But, you know, there comes a time when you have to let go. And we didn't let go of him in that time. You know, we should have let him go during COVID. Before we signed him to the extension, we would have got way more about for his value. But it is what it is. You know, we got the new regime in here. Got, we got rid of Tommy Shepard finally. And, you know, I'm, I'm very excited to see where this team go, is going step forward. We might be the worst team in the league next year. We might uh, be the very worst team in the league. I, I, f- I feel the same. I felt the same way uh, when you were just talking about your new GM. I felt the same way when we got rid uh, – when the Cavs got rid of their former GM. I'm, I'm glad we brought Kobe Altman in. Uh, Kobe Altman, he has uh, turned that franchise around into a 360 direction – He's brought in some big names. We've even had a playoff appearance now, so uh, I I can feel I, I know I know how you're feeling about the whole GM stuff. Uh, we because we've had a really bad history of GM. Uh, absolutely yeah, work as absolutely. well. Yeah, and you gotta look at teams like the Cavs. You know the Magic, all these the Thunder, you know, all these younger teams that just once they enter the rebuild, and then you look at their future, and they, it's just so bright. And then you look at the Wizards, and they're not winning, and but their future isn't bright. You know, tanking is a necessity, you know, once you get to this point where you're just not going to win with the team that you have. And so I'm glad, you know, we got rid of Brad. You know, with Chris Paul, I'm hoping we can flip him, get get some trade value out of him. And then, you know, we got to talk about the next trade that just happened a couple minutes ago. 
with Chris Tass Porzingis deal. Oh yeah, Tim. What what do you call him early on my Snapchat? Tingus Ting- Pingus. I have. You told me everyone calls him that. I have never heard anybody call him Tingus Pingus. But I looked in the comment section on Instagram. Everybody's calling him Tingus Pingus, and I'm over here like, where have I been? What have I missed out on? Yeah, I don't know how you haven't seen that nickname. I feel like it's been everywhere. <laughs> I've seen the uh, the the only nickname that I've ever associated. Christoph Porzingis with is the unicorn because that was what we called him back when he was with the Knicks and I, that was the only nickname I'd ever associated with him right, and now the unicorn is part of a dominant trio him Tatum and Jalen Brown what do you think about that as a Cavs fan I'm very scared very scared because it's like listen Boston's one of those team one of those teams where you know the power forward position alone has been one of the weaker uh, aspects, you know, because Al Horford, he's obviously aging. Grant Williams had a declining year last year. So, you know, I, I looked at their roster and I said, man, they really need to go out and they really need to get a power forward. Well, man, they just got one. <laughs> they just got one. They got Christoph Porzingis. And if he can stay healthy, uh, I still believe he can be potentially a top 40 player in the NBA if he stays healthy. Yeah, and that's that's the one thing is is his injuries, you know, big question mark there. But you know, if he does stay healthy, you're right. He is a top forty player in the league. And watching the Wizards last season, if you did, you would know. Chris Tapps is that dude. Well, I remember him being that dude in New York. I mean, when he was in New York, he was a top thirty player. I forget oh, for top sure. forty. When he was in New York, top thirty at the latest. Uh, but ever since those injuries, man, I mean, he has never been the same. But man, if he goes back to his same form. Man, that's going to be tough for the Celtics. Uh, but, hey, we can't forget, you know, there's still – I still could see a Jalen Brown trade happen sometime this year. I, I know the Celtics have been wanting to break up that duo. I know that duo's not been wanting to play with each other as of late. So, maybe Jalen Brown gets shipped somewhere. I don't know what – I don't know what kind of package you could get for him because I kind of put Jalen Brown as a regular season guy. You know, he's not a guy that – and, and he showed it this past postseason. He's not a guy that you can rely on in the postseason. Right, yeah, and I, I agree with that. You know, I, I could see them moving him. I think they want to sign him to that extension, but just a super max for Jalen Brown is kind of – that's a lot of money. It's a risky yeah. deal. It's a risky deal. It's a risky deal. deal, yeah. You don't know if he's worth it because he, he hasn't proven that he can perform in the playoffs. You're right. And I could see a team like Portland trading like Anthony Simons and the third pick for mm-hmm. Jalen Brown. Like, it's a possibility. But I, I think you does stay with the Celtics. I think they're running it back, which is with Chris Stapps. And what and the thing about the reason why we talk about the postseason is because we know Boston is a team that is consistently making the playoffs every single year. They even made the playoffs uh I believe it was twenty eighteen. It was uh, I mean, dude, they had a young they had a rookie Tatum. They had no Kyrie Irving, no Gordon Haywood, but yet this is a team that still made the Eastern Conference Finals. It doesn't matter the kind of talent you have on that team. You're going to make the playoffs, but you need the talent to execute in the playoffs. Right now, they just have a bunch of regular season guys. Right, I really think that Chris Stapps is going to add to that. You know, getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon, you know, you, ha- you already have Derek White, Marcus Smart. It, it is tough, but you, you still have that good guard rotation. And I, I've just, I'm very excited to see what they do. You know, you maybe even put Jason Tatum back at the small forward now, run Robert Williams and Chris Stapps in the power forward and center. That's a scary, scary team. A starting lineup of Marcus Smart, 
uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Porzingis, and Robert Williams. That could be one of the best starting lineups we've seen in a long time. Right, and you still got like guys like Al Horford, a veteran, and Derek White off the bench. That's a scary team. Dan- Danilo's especially... coming back too. No, Danilo got traded to the Wizards in the Chris Depp still. Oh, did he? He did. Well, so I, I, I'm my report must have been off because that must have been like a late second ad because yeah, the the, the, the official the fir- okay, okay. The official trade was uh, Malcolm Brogdon to the Clippers, mm-hmm. Chris Stapps to the uh, Celtics, and then Marcus Morris, Amir Coffey, uh, Danilo Gallinari, the 30th pick, and then a future Celtics first to the Wizards. So, see, the first one I saw, because when I saw it, it had just broke out, it was only going to be Marcus Morris and a compensation pick to the Wizards. Right, yeah, they ended up getting a first from the Celtics and the 30th pick. So, you know, I'm happy for the return of Chris Stapps. And especially since he, you know, opted into that player option. So, we would have lost him at the end of the year for nothing anyway. So, I'm, I'm yeah. okay with it. Yeah, uh, we've had some, we've had, uh, speaking of opt-ins, man, we've had some players uh, that say, hey, you know, we're not going to opt in. We want to test our value in free agency. Yeah, we have. We had uh, Bruce Brown do that. You know, Draymond Green did that. Derek Jones Jr., Montrez Harrell. But let's talk about Bruce Brown first. You know, what a player for the Nuggets he was this season. He deserves a lot of money. He's going to get it. Uh, the If you watch the last, I would say, four minutes of the finals, the game game five, um, yeah, he showed. He, he said, hey, you know, I'm him. Defensively, he was unstoppable. I mean, he was he was very active in passing lanes. He was stripping the ball. He was blocking shots. I mean, dude, he he was him for those like last four minutes of that series. Yeah, Bruce Brown is just you're right. He's just one of those glue guys you just have to have on the court, especially in closing situations. Just one of the guys who's gonna do all the dirty work, and that's one of the guys I love to have. And I think that any team that's contending is gonna want to want Bruce Brown on their team. He messed up my parlay though i will say uh i the the game where he had 21 points i i took him under nine and a half see that's what you get for going under oh yeah that's what what i get man i listen i and i'm not a better uh for anybody that's listening i don't gamble uh but i did twice in the finals because i was like you know what i really like the nugget shot now i'm gonna put some parlays on the line bruce brown had six points and at halftime i was like okay I don't see him scoring four more points because it was nine and a half. So he could have scored nine. I've been fine. He scores 10. I'm done. And he goes out there in the third quarter, turns into the second coming of Michael Jordan all of a sudden and ruins my parlay. He's not the only nugget of the ruin my parlay. I heavily relied on Contavious Caldwell Pope. Worst decision of my life. Yeah, that's a three-point shooter for you, just the inconsistency. Well, and I needed threes for him. I needed two threes. Each parlay, I needed two threes. Nothing. It's rough, man. Nothing. All right. Going uh, on some Draymond other, Green. Yeah, there were some other players. Yeah. What do you think about him? Do you think he stays with the Warriors? Do you think he, the dynasty no. is finally over? Uh, dynasty's over, man. And, you know, I kind of... I mean, at some point, we knew that the dynasty was going to end. Every dynasty comes to an end at some point, no matter what the sport is. I mean... You have the Patriots. That dynasty came to an end. Uh, I'm, I'm not a baseball guy, so I can't name any dynasties in baseball. That would be more of a you thing. Um, but we've we've seen multiple sports dynasties come to an end, and 
more particularly with that big three, that was going to have to come to an end at some point. Now, if he does come back, I think it's going to be on a very cheap deal. I don't think the Warriors want to give him a big contract knowing that he is up there in age, knowing that he is getting more injured frequently. And, and I, I feel the same way about Clay Thompson. I think once that contract comes up to an end, he's going to leave as well. The only player I don't see leaving is Steph Curry. I think he retires as a Warrior. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that there's a good chance he leaves here. I think there's a good chance Clay leaves when his contract's up. And you got to look at the salary cap situation. You know, they're paying Steph Curry. They're playing Andrew Wiggins. They're playing Clay. They're playing Jordan Poole. Like, all these players are making a lot of money. And, you know, just dipping in that luxury tax is going to hurt the Warriors owner over and over and over. And you got to realize, is Draymond Green even worth the money? Um, I know this is kind of off topic, but um, I know this was not in our notes today but i've been hearing and i don't know if this is true i've been hearing that jonathan kaminga has grown to seven foot two do you believe that <laughs> that is speculation come on now come <laughs> i mean on now. There, there's a there's a picture on it's social edited. media of him it's standing edited. beside jordan pool who's not even that short himself and kaminga <laughs> looks massive everybody you see that picture is i mean you take a close look at it it's edited come on now Apparently, there's been a couple players who have been, uh, quote unquote, growing this year. Yeah, I, uh, I think there was another strings. player. There was another player that I that I heard grew like seven feet, seven foot two. I don't remember who it was, but it was another NBA player who apparently has like taken a massive growth spurt. Yeah, you know, uh, I saw I saw one of those on Twitter about Denny Obdia. It said he's grown to seven foot two, and you know he hasn't. <laughs> like he's the longest the man, tenured. The man was he's like what, six seven, like six seven. Yeah, he's um, like six nine. He's, he's, he's the longest, longest... tenured wizard. Yeah. Oh my god. I know gosh. that just kind of came in my head. I just realized it. And the man's he's... not even been there for three years. I think this yeah. will be his third year. This will be, this will be his fourth year. Fourth in year. The league. Oh and my you know you look truth. at, and he's not even that good. Like I love Denny. Den- I have a Denny jersey. I don't I'm think he was worth. I don't think he was worth the high pick. I think he was if Tyrese Halliburton wasn't on the board. What, you know, obviously, what, what draft? What better. draft was that? Was that twenty twenty? Yeah, yeah, it was twenty twenty draft. I want to see. I just, just want to see some of the players that the Wizards passed up on. Tyrese Halliburton, Devin Vassell. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think I think it was okay to pass up on Vassell. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I just think that Halliburton is the main guy. You, you know, you look at that and you just Wizards Cole need a Cole point Anthony, guard. Tyrese Maxey, ooh. Maxi would have been God, good. Yeah. Could have had Tyrese Maxi, man. Uh, or uh, Emmanuel quickly was in there. Desmond Bain. Um, yeah, you know, it hurts a little bit. Some but, good ones, man. You know, with the Wizards having nobody next season, I'm excited to see it. I think that they're going to be great. I think they're going to be like one and eighty-one is going to be the uh, record. <laughs> but I, but well, at least Vinny. First of all, I can't say nothing about passing up on players because, you know, my team did draft Anthony Bennett. We passed up on quite a few players. So we passed up on potentially the greatest Milwaukee Bucks player of all time, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, you know, Anthony Bennett, the worst draft pick in history. So you but can't talk he, to the me about bad draft picks. Here's the thing, though. If we draft, if we draft Giannis for some reason and, you know, he's great and all, I don't think we get a lot of the other pieces we have today. Yeah, and that's something like, who knows? 
what it would look like. like if I don't, they did I don't draft think we Giannis. get Mobley. I don't think we get Darius Garland because I don't. I, mean, I don't think we would be in a bad position that we were in. Right, and like you could be trading Giannis. Like, and the every championship would be changed if that happened. Like, who knows what it would look like today if you didn't oh, yeah. make that mistake? Dude, imagine if Giannis. Imagine if we drafted Giannis and. You know, he pans out to the play where he is. Imagine 2016, Giannis, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, and LeBron James. That I mean, that's, would be that's a super team. That would that we would we would have demolished the Warriors. They could have even added Kevin Durant, and it still would not have helped. Yeah, I agree. I think that you know, LeBronis. LeBronis. <laughs> That's the duo. That's, uh, hey, hey, you remember the duo we had, man? Sexton and Garland. Uh, Sexton. Hopefully that word does not get canceled, but Sexton, man. <laughs> yeah, Sexton. That was a good. That, they, they, I really wanted to get a Sexton hoodie. They had hoodies on the team website. That's crazy. That, I wanted to get one. You know, I but really I, liked Colin Sexton. But I felt I, I, I would have felt weird wearing it. Yeah, I don't know. Do you wear that out in public? You know, a little kid sees you. <laughs> That's weird. It would be weird. All right. Uh, so going back to Draymond Green, uh, what do you think about him? What do you th- where do you think he goes? Man, I, I mean, really, he, I mean, he kind of fits anywhere that needs like a a still decent bit, like a power forward, because he. Because he he can't he don't just play one position. We've seen him play pretty much all the positions down in Golden State. Um, if he can stay healthy and if he doesn't show signs of declining, like I think he has been, I mean, best fit. I think he wants to go to a championship team. I do, and I think he wants to go to a championship team that he can start on. I don't. Draymond's not. Draymond doesn't come off as a guy that I think says, hey, I'm willing to come off the bench. I don't think he's just there yet. I think he still says, hey, I'm a starter. I'm one of the five best players on your team. So when that, when I come, when that comes to mind, I'm thinking the 76ers come to mind. They need a four. Um, if Depending on what the Bucks do with Chris Middleton, if you have to put Giannis back at the three, boom, You've got Draymond Green at the four now. Um, I think maybe, maybe the Knicks, maybe I don't know. I just he'll want to go somewhere where he'll he'll want to go to a big market first of all. Agreed. He can't come to Cleveland though. That's Evan Mobley's spot, and he knows it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that you know he definitely wants to go to a contending team or make a team a contender like the Lakers, possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe he goes and pairs up with PG and Kawhi. And I the could Clippers. see him going to Dallas. Yeah, I, I can da- see I think, I think with, Dallas is a good spot. You know, Draymond, Kyrie, and Luca would be an interesting trio, but he would fit well next to Luca. I think he would, especially if they don't want to bring back Christian Wood. Yeah, if they don't want to bring him back. Because you gotta think, uh, they have what the uh, the tenth pick, so you can draft a big man and bring in Draymond. You don't have to worry about Christian Wood any, because Christian Wood's gonna be uh, he's gonna be asking for a bag. Yeah, and I don't think Christian Wood is worth the bag. You know how bad his defense is, and then you look at I the Mavericks defense be. as a whole. I think he used to be worth the bag, but back in his like prime Houston oh, back, days, he was he was he was days, dominant. Man, he was. Very he was dumb, a stud. But he he's a stud. not he's not the same guy anymore. Yeah, and I just think, you know, 
the the Mavericks need to look at their defense because that's what they need to improve on. And he's not a defensive player. He's he's a solely offensive player. So unless we, they can get him for cheap, yeah, I don't know if they should bring him back. We've got plenty of time on this episode, so I want to bring up something else that was uh, not on the notes. It was it's about the Mavericks. Uh, speaking of weird decision making by the Mavericks. I, I wanted to text you when this happened. This was back in the regular season. What did you think of the Mavericks, like, purpose... I can't say the word right. Uh, tanking, like, on national television, sitting their starters out in a game where if they would have won, they would have made the playoffs. You know which game I'm talking about, too. The one yeah. against the Bulls. Yeah. that. I mean, I was shocked, honestly. Because I feel like even if they did make the play-in... They can they can compete. You know, you have Luka Doncic. You will be able to compete. But I understand it from, you know, a general manager's point of view. You look at what they need, like, oh, we need a good draft pick. We need to get somebody that can be elite next to Luka for the years to come. So I understand it, you know, losing this one year for the betterment of the future. I understand it, but I don't know. I feel like it was the wrong choice. Well, I, I'll say this, though. I think Mark Cuban... And Dallas, I think they're very lucky that Adam Silver didn't take away that number 10 pick because he already fined them for it. Yeah. So, I, I very lucky. That's very a... lucky they didn't take that number 10 pick away. Yeah, and I could see them trading this pick, you know, for uh, Miles Turner, possibly, hmm. from the Pacers. Okay. Okay. You know, you see somebody just with a lot of defensive upside. That's what they need. And I think, you know, they target a guy like Derek Lively in the draft. Somebody who can just bring some defense to him. There was a couple more players that uh, opted out of their player deal. One is another wizard, Kyle Kuzma. Uh, he's been a he's been a, he's been a big talk around here lately. Uh, now, from the report that I got, um, it it says he's opted out, but it also says a return to Washington is not out of the question. Yeah, I saw that, and I don't know if you saw on Twitter. You know how much money he's asking for? How much? He's asking for $30 million, Dorn. A year? Kyle Kuzma's asking for $30 million a year. So I don't even want him back. <sighs> I have no interest in giving Kyle Kuzma anywhere near $30 mil. Maybe $20 mil at the most. He's gone. He's not a wizard you got, anymore. You got, but the thing is, though, with the Wizards, you're going to have to give that big contract to somebody. Right, but then... You know, you could say the same thing about what we did with Beal. You got to give the contract to somebody, and it turns out to be a bad thing. You just yeah. can't give that contract to Kyle Kuzma. You can't. I could see. I know I, we're not a we're not a high free agency destination, but we got to build to the draft, and I think it'd be the wrong choice to pay him that much money. I could see maybe an opt and trade, maybe to a team. Yeah, sign and trade. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe given to the Grizzlies for like the twenty fifth pick and. Brandon Clark or something like that. Oh yeah, it'd be it'd be a good deal. For, I I just I sense an I sense a sign and trade happening with Kyle Kuzma. I think that's probably the most logical thing to do if you are the general manager. Just do a sign and trade. Just yeah, simple as that. And that's something I like. You know, I I would hate to just lose him in free agency because you know we're not capitalizing on his value. And so far, what our general managers have done, I'm very happy with what he's done. You know. I think that he took us from a bad situation and put us in one where we can build for the future. It's it's going to be and and for wiz for other wizard fans that might be listening to podcasts as as a fan of a team that has gone through the rebuilding process, just be patient because the time will come for this team to. I mean, I I can definitely see y'all having like a Cavs type future 
where you just pile up a bunch of draft picks, draft really well, and, you know, just, just be patient. Now, I will say, tomorrow night is the NBA draft, and that's going to be a big night for your GM. We, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to do in his very first draft. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, this is a hit or miss draft for us. We, we've got to make the right choices. Cause... If you don't make the right choice, then those trades you've made this past weekend are going to look like a laughing stock. Right, you know, we drafted another Johnny Davis at pick eight. You know, we did, we're, we're, we're rough. I and thought he was going to be good, man. See, and I, I, like I, know, I know he's just in his first year, man, but God, I thought he was going to be so much better. He was terrible, but, you know, near the end of the year, he was picking it up a little bit. And now that we have play in time available for everybody, let him cook. Let him cook next year. See if it's see Johnny, wants it's the It's the Johnny Davis show. It is the Johnny is. Davis and the Denny show. The Denny, the Corey Kisper, and Johnny Davis show. Corey Kisper's good. I like him. Corey Kisper is shooting very efficiency, very efficient actually. I could see him being a 50-40-90 guy. I in loved his future. Watch, I loved watching him at Gonzaga. He was so fun to watch. Oh, he's um, electric. Oh, dude, he's full of energy, full of energy. Uh, a couple more player, uh, one more player who uh, opted out of his deal, uh, Montrez Harrell. I, I have I have mixed emotions on Montrez Harrell. Uh, I think like. I feel like he's one of those guys that's starting to become a big talk, no game type player. Um, I, w- I remember the incident with him and Giannis and the whole ladder in, in Philly. Oh, oh God, yeah. Was... yeah. And, you know, when he was on the Wizards, I watched him a lot. And just the energy he brings to the floor is electric. But his defense is just, you can't you can't have him out there. It's kind of like that's Ennis a, Cantor. That's about all you get out of him is he's a big energy guy, but like his his offensive play set, his defensive skill set, it's kind of been going on a downhill spiral for like the last few years, and he's just been a big energy guy now. Yeah, you gotta realize a couple years ago, Dorn, when he was on the Clippers, that dude was oh one, I know six man of the year. He was oh tough. I know he was he good. Got, he averaged almost twenty points per game for a year off dude, the bench. Clipper Montrez Hell, I would have gave him twenty a year. He was yeah, good. for sure. He was he was like that, and then you know you look at him now, and he's kind of you don't really even talk about him now. It's it's, it's disappointing to see where his careers went, but of course that happens with age. And it's not like it kind of sucks because he's on the Sixers, a team that outside of Joel Embiid, they've been looking for like another good big man. He's had his opportunities to be a really good pairing, but he has just failed time and time again. Yeah, that's where I like that you mentioned them with with Draymond Green. I think that's a possible destination. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great fit. Dude, the dude, the, the trash talking that the Sixers would have against somebody. I mean, you already have Joel Embiid. He he's a big trash talker. Um you could have James Harden come back. He's a big talker. And now bringing in Draymond Green. Dude, you know how many technicals that team's going to get tonight? You still got PJ Tucker too. <sighs> PJ Tucker can back it up too though. PJ Tucker, uh, his defense backs it up. But dude, like, you know how many techs that team's gonna get a night? Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be hard to watch the seventy sixers. I'll say that. I am very uh, curious though with the Sixers because of the finally firing Doc Rivers. I don't know why that man I don't know what happened to that man. Like he was so good in Boston. Maybe it was just because of the talent he had. Maybe. You know, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure. I think with that Boston team, you know, when they won it all, I think that you can't really lose with that team because they have so much talent. You know, it's hard to go wrong. But then but when you have to now, when you have to coach a team, 
like on your own, you get just yeah, you get exposed. Middle. You know, you can't get past the second round. I, I'm very familiar with that, as you know. I'm a North Carolina Tar Heels. I uh, went from going to the national championship game two years ago to uh, being the first ever preseason number one team to not even make the tournament. Uh, yeah. And I blame a lot of that. I don't blame all of it, but I blame a lot of that on our current head coach, Hubert Davis. Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to place all the blame on a coach because, yes, it, you know, it is part, partially their fault, but you've got a factor of the players in there, you know, the chemistry and Caleb Love. <laughs> that was where the rest of the blame went was towards him. The rest of the yeah. blame went towards Caleb Love. I am a Hubert Davis hater. I don't think he'll last there. Oh, I know you are. I, I know. I'm, And I, I don't want to be. I'm trying to be optimistic. I, I am going to be optimistic this year because we've got a lot of new faces in there. And 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 they've got some really good talent in there now. So, um, th- but this is my last year for him. Like, if he, if, like, my ceiling, like, if you cannot get to at least the second round, I think you have to fire him. Yeah, I I could see that happening too. You know, it's it's a weird culture. You know, if you do fire a coach in UNC, it's it's a weird thing to happen because it's it hasn't happened in so long. It's but it has happened before. It, it, it happened def- before. It has though, happened right. before. Um, so I mean, I the possibility is out there. Um, now if he just flat out doesn't make the tournament, fire him on the last day of the year. Just fire him on the spot as soon as he. The last game of the season, if we don't make the tournament, as soon as he gets back to his office, I want the note on his desk saying he's fired. Yeah, that would be – he would be a laughing sloth. He would never never coach again if he didn't make the tournament again. And I, I just don't see that happening. With the talent they have, I see him making the tournament they next gotta, year. They got to make the tournament. Like, I, even if it's a first-round exit, I really think this team needs to make the tournament. Speaking of college basketball, which we won't get into a lot today, like with headlines there, but did you see Penny Hardaway got suspended for three games in Memphis? I did not see that. Why did he get suspended? Uh, I can tell you here in a second. Uh, I think it was uh, some eligibility rules with maybe one of his players. Um... All right, so uh, recruiting violations, which he's he's very known for that. I mean, we all remember James Wiseman. Yeah, you know, just the Memphis culture needs to be changed. I, I feel like Memphis is always what, getting in trouble. It, it's it's the Memphis Grizzlies. It's the Memphis Tiger college basketball team. They don't have a football team. If they did, um, they would be getting in trouble there too. I don't think send they have them to Vancouver. Team. Send them uh, back to Vancouver. Dude, I don't know if it's even safer there. It might not <laughs> yeah, be even safer there, honestly. I, d- I just don't get that. Like, like he's a good coach, but the way he does – like, I, does he have his own recruiting staff? Because if he doesn't, then that would be a big step, like, in the right direction because he had problems with James Wiseman. Now he's having more problems. And not to mention one of their freshmen that's coming in there, uh, Mikey Williams, he's already had some on-court – some off-court issues before he's even got there. Right. Mackie Williams, man, like the face of basketball in high school for the past years. You know, he was everywhere. And now he's just – he might not even get drafted. Like it's kind of like an Imani Bates situation. You, I don't know, you think go to Memphis. That, I don't think he's that good. You go to Memphis and your life gets ruined. I don't know. That's just what I see. I don't think he's that good. I mean – I think – I mean, he's got potential, of course, but I don't see Mike Williams having a future. First of all, 
I'm pretty convinced that he was in high school for like 10 years. <laughs> yes. Pretty convinced. Yep. Baller's life was reported on him in 2010 in high school. Wait, you actually, you serious? No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. I'm kidding. That okay. was an exaggeration. Well, they probably were, was reporting on him in 2010 in like probably elementary school. Or... That's what I'm saying. You know, they, you, they've you, just you, been. You, <laughs> you see those TikToks where it'd be like, oh, this 2037 uh, guard, watch out for him in like 15 years. He'll be he'll be the next big thing. Yeah, and you know, you, you gotta wonder, will those kids make it? They're stuck in the spotlight their entire life. You know what? When it happens, it, it hurts you. I think you know you've got that pressure on you at all times to perform, even when you're just you know tenth grader in high school. It's hard. It's hard for them to do that. Oh yeah. And speaking of kids, you know, Mondo Baycott's got a pretty good brother that's playing right now. He's got a, but he's actually like he. I think he's going in middle school, so I don't know. But he he's already been on like highlight tapes and everything. Plays just Crazy. like him. Looks like him. Plays just like him. But he has a three-point shot. Oh, so he's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, All right, Dwayne. Let's, let's I, get I don't into wanna, our I don't want to hear anything but ugly players. Y'all literally had Ryan Young last year. I don't want to hear it. Oh, he's just a white boy. He he don't do nothing wrong. Dude, he dude he has the face of a donkey, dude. You look at Armando Bacon, and you're, I'm, I'm terrified of that I, human. Listen, I am scared I'm, of that human. He is ugly. Look, well, he might be ugly, but I would be scared to post him up. I don't think I don't think any of us want to post him up because I do. We get we get ran over. Oh, he's he's a monster. Yeah, he's, he would mess dude, us up. I, I will say this: uh, even if I wasn't a North Carolina fan, the amount of muscle he's put on in recent memory, like he is, he's so strong. Yeah, there's a he's reason we're called the Benchmore Podcast. Oh yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, well, you know and the first reason, the first way I wanted to call it the Benchwarm Podcast was because you know. Uh, I never played high school basketball. I was a manager. You was the player, so it. My mom's like, "Well, why don't you name it the Benchwarmer and Player Podcast?" I'm like, "Well, first of all, that's too long of a name. Second <laughs> yeah. of all, I don't know. Uh, but I guess we're just gonna stick with the Benchwarmer Podcast. It it kind of fits both of us though, because it is basketball related. So for sure, for sure. And, but, you know, hey, I, 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 I wasn't really a Benchwarmer, but if I was on a team right now, I guarantee it that I was. I, I, you know, I kept, I kept that bench very warm for y'all, man. I was, kept it very warm. Well, we didn't even have a bench. We had bleachers in high school. Yeah. We were one of the only schools in our area that did not have seats. And it made me mad. I was like, why can't we get seats? Yeah. And it, and it just goes back to, you know, us being two, you know, small town country white boys. who just had nothing. Hey, but Royal Tree had seats. No, they didn't. Holston had seats. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple teams with seats, but you know, Chill Howie High School. Got a, hey, listen, very good basketball program, man. Let, I oh, mean, let is. me let me let me just give a shout out to them while we're at it. I mean, very bright future. Uh, they they just came back from a Wake Forest camp. Very bright future ahead of them. Um, and I mean, you've known that. You've seen them play for the last couple of years since you've been out of high school. Very good players. They are, yeah. It's, it's it's exciting to see, you know, that the culture we leave behind isn't isn't bad. You know, I'm I'm glad that you know after I left, after my my squad left, you know, they still have potential and they're still gonna be a really good team. And they're gonna they they I would say that they're gonna be, and they're gonna be just fine for the next few years. Like they've got a lot of talent coming in. Um, that they're, they're gonna be just fine. So shout out 
because I'm I'm sure I'm sure our former coach will be listening to this later. Uh, shout out to uh, old Coach Snodgrass, very good coach, very sure, good. One sure. of the more one of the more respected coaches in this area as far as high school basketball goes. Everyone knows his name. All right, let's get back into this NBA oh, yeah. version of this podcast, and let's go to the mock draft. So that's going to be kind of the main oh, thing we're yeah. doing today. Is we're going to be I'm going to be having the first pick, he's going to have the second pick, and so on and so forth. And we're just going to do the entire first round of the 2023 mock draft, which is happening tomorrow night. No trades, by the way, right? No trades. Yeah, no trades in this mock draft. We're yeah, just going to do re- it straight Realistically, up. if there was a team, and I'm talking about in real life now, if you had to name three teams who you realistically could see trade their first-round pick, who could you see? You know, obviously, Portland wants to build around Dame, so I think that's number mm-hmm. one, big okay. time. Uh, I think the Hornets, you know, there's a lot of rumors with, I don't know if I want Scoot, I don't know if I want Brandon at pick number two. I could see them trading it to, to you know, Pelicans, Toronto. You know, I know the Pelicans get... have been a big rumor, like, to try to get Zion, try to pair him up with LaMelo Ball, because they know that forward position is very thin right now, with Gordon Hayward being a free agent, with... Miles Bridges, I would say there's probably an 80% chance he never gets back on a basketball court. Right, and then you, you know the the Hornets need a second star. They've mm-hmm. you know, not had one ever, so so I, I, I can see them trading for Zion. I don't think, and and this is no disrespect to Terry Rozier because he is good, but I don't think he's like, I don't think he's in a position anymore where he can be a second star type guy. Like you need somebody bigger than that. Right, and I think that everybody besides LaMelo Ball on the Hornets right now is just a role player. And, mm-hmm. you know, Terry Rozier yeah. can start on a championship team. He can. Easily. He can be the fourth option, fifth option. But, you know, he's he's not that star. You're right. He's, I'd love to have him on the Cavs. He'd be great. Be a great backup. Yeah. All right, so with the first pick, you know, the San Antonio Spurs, it's, it's the easiest pick ever. Um, somebody I saw a better play 60k on Victor Wembanyama to go first, and you know how much a sixty thousand dollar bet is gonna make. I don't, I don't think the payout would be that high, but what is it? Three hundred dollars. Ah, sixty grand for three hundred dollars. And, and they play, they placed it. Yeah, he placed the bet. He placed Why? that bet. There's no point, you know, if because if by the off chance they pick Scoot Henderson, you know, you lost sixty grand. You lost. You know, got to get a second mortgage on your house now. I am going to laugh if the San Antonio Spurs shock the entire basketball universe and say, "Hey, we're going to go with Scoot Henderson." Yeah, and it, it's not a possibility <laughs> though. Come on, Victor Wembanyama no, first overall. We have there is a bigger possibility of this podcast blowing up in like the first month than Victor Wembanyama being on the board at number two. That's how Yo. that's how slim the chance is. Dude, if Victor goes number two overall. I will come to this podcast next week without hair. I'll say that right now. I will buzz my head. <laughs> well, if listen, if if Victor Wimanyama, from the sentence that I just said, if Victor Wimanyama goes number two, I will go all in on this podcast. I will make this a life priority. I'll make this a job. Let's, yeah, let's do it. You know, <laughs> like, but it's, well, you know, it's not going to happen. The, that's He's... the plan anyway to go all in. But like, if he goes number two. We will have an emergency episode right then and there. Yeah, for sure. And I just I don't see it happening. He's a generational prospect. Mm-hmm. He's the best prospect since LeBron. Easily. Seven foot five. He can shoot. He can defend. All he needs to do is get his weight up, and that boy is going to be legit. So yeah, I've oh, got yeah. Victor Wembanyama going first. I did. I, I tell you, man, he's 
is he do you think he's a more sought out prospect than let's say Zion was see I think he is I think he is because you know there there was the off chance Zion was gonna go number two mm-hmm. and of course he didn't and Zion was a great prospect and I'm a Duke fan so you know I I can't, I can't say that he was worse. I think that Zion, you know, besides the injuries, has been unbelievably good in the NBA. But mm-hmm. Victor Wembanyama is a better player and a better prospect. Easily, who was uh who was the guy that was like, I think was it R.J. Barrett? Was he was he like projected to be battling with Zion for that number one pick? I mean, yeah, him and Jaw. Yeah, Jaw Barrett. They were. I even saw some mocks saying DeAndre Hunter was number one. Yeah, but come on, it, it was Zion all the way. He was that dude at Duke. Oh yeah, he was. I, I mean, hey, listen. I mean, as long as he doesn't blow out his shoe like he did against North Carolina, he's fine. <laughs> yeah, he is right. fine. Okay, right. number two pick. Uh, I again, a lot of people. We don't know what the Hornets are going to do with this pick. I know what I'm going to do with this pick. And I'm drafting Brandon Miller. I mean, you know, they need a wing. They need a forward. Uh, freshman from Alabama. Average 18 points a game. Uh, catch and shoot guy. High volume near the rim. The only weaknesses I have on him is he does have some loose handles. He does over dribble. Um, he is the victim of a lot of charges. And I don't mean... I know what you're probably thinking, but uh, <laughs> I mean basketball charges, you know, because uh, his body control, he'll go in the he'll go in the paint, and he really has no sense of what he's doing. So he'll run over a lot of guys, and most of the time, a charge will get called. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see the fit next to Lamelo Ball with Brandon Miller if he does get drafted here. I think that Scoot Henderson is a generational prospect. I think it would be dumb for the Hornets to pass up on him, but I do see them doing that. You know, it's the Hornets. Easily. And uh, back to the Chargers call, uh, what's what's going to make it even worse is that the NBA refs don't know what a charge even is. I mean, at this right, point, and- I'm, I'm pretty sure the refs just roll up dice to see what call they're going to make. And that's something we don't have to get into, but the refs, there's a big issue with the refs in the NBA today. That'll definitely it, be it another problem. episode, because we, we could probably make a whole episode about that, because it, it, it's gotten so bad over we really the last could. couple of years. It's gotten so bad. We might do that, because it's bad. The refs are on a power trip in the NBA, and it's not going good, but we will not talk about that right now. We're talking about the draft, and with the third pick, it's the easiest pick in the world. Easier than Victor Wimbanyama. I'm going Scoot Henderson at three. Okay. Scoot Henderson. They you could know, go Eamon. They could go Eamon Thompson. You know, I could I could see them going to Eamon Thompson here, but I think it would be a huge mistake. You know, Scoot is a generational prospect. I think in most other drafts, he goes number one overall. I just think that, you Easily. know, behind Victor, obviously, he's not going to go number one. What but... I like about Scoot is, uh, and I said this yesterday in our little practice one we had, uh, he loves to attack the rim, and that's something that we've seen shades of Damian Lillard for his entire career, and this that's, exa- that's exactly what Scoot loves to do. 58% at the rim uh, a year ago in the G League, very athletic, rarely gets stripped in the paint. Uh, he's very dangerous in the pick and roll, and something that Scoot does have a weakness in and something that Damian Lillard can help him in is his three-point shooting. Only 33%, about two attempts a game. Uh, also, something I didn't talk about yesterday – He's got to limit his turnovers, man. Had three turnovers a game last year. He's got to limit that. Yeah, he definitely does. But 
I think that you know his strength for his size because he isn't the biggest guy, but he's very strong, mm-hmm. and just his athletic ability, just raw natural prospect. And you know once he does get that three point shot down, this dude's going to be a triple threat to score. And not, you know not I just, think that. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I think that the world's waiting on like to see what the Hornets do because if the Hornets take Brandon Miller, I see t- like every team trying to jump in and trying to give their star up to get Scoot Henderson at three. Like I see the. Pelicans giving up Brandon Ingram. I see the Raptors giving up Pascal Siakam. I just I see every team trying to get that third pick to get Scoot if he's still on the board. Uh, in a perfect universe, and to help boost this podcast, it would be great if we got the notification during the podcast, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, trying to manifest it just a little bit. Another thing I like about Scoot is, you know, for his size, he can rebound incredibly well. Yeah, he really can. Five yeah, rebounds a game last year in G League. I think that Scoot, if he if he does stay and Dame stays, I think it'll be an interesting fit those two next to each other, especially when you have Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp. I, I just think the, the, the Trailblazers need to pick a direction. I think they need to rebuild, but I think they're going to end up building around Dame. Oh, yeah. I, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure uh, – I was talking to one of my buddies today. I'm pretty sure he said there was somewhere where Dame says, hey, I want to stay in Portland. Yeah, and, you know, Dame – I don't blame him. Like, being loyal, you know, staying – having that dirt and whiskey type of career, I, I respect it. I do. But there comes a point in time where you can't let one player dictate your, your entire future. And I think that's what the Trailblazers are kind of doing right now. So oh, I'd be yeah. okay if they traded him. Which – now that he's saying, hey, I want to stay in Portland, I really wish we could stop seeing the the pittiness for Damian Lillard. Like, like stop saying, oh, I wish Damian Lillard could get a ring. Oh, this and that. Dude, it's, he's doing it to himself. Right. He's, he's choosing to not get a ring. And people saying, oh, he deserves a ring. No, he does not. He, he not hasn't if he's bring, saying he wants to stay there. He hasn't brought a ring to Portland, so he doesn't deserve a ring. And that that's just a narrative I'd never agreed with. That but moving year, on that, here. That year they beat the Thunder in the first round. I thought they were going to do it. I thought they oh, could have done it. I mean, he sent Paul George and Russell Westbrook out of the, <laughs> off the team. They both he got traded sent, after that year. He sent the Thunder into a rebuild. Yeah, that was... And that shot, man, it was just, it was beautiful. It was poetry in motion. That's what I love about basketball. That might be the biggest flex of his career. Like, hey, I just sent an entire team into a rebuild. Yeah, it really is. All right, moving on here to pick four. Who do you have the Rockets taking? Dwayne? I have the Rockets taking Azir Thompson. Now, again, there's not much difference between him and Amin Thompson. Uh, they're both just pretty much the same size. Um, they both can play a guard position, a wing position. The only thing I like about Zio Thompson just a little bit more is his defense. I just think he's a little bit better of a defender than his brother. So that's why I've got Azir going number four. Yeah, and I, I really like this pick here for the Rockets, you know, and I think that, you know, you look at his three point percentage and how much he improved from year one to year two. He improved it was like seventeen percent to like thirty percent. Mm-hmm. So if he can keep improving like that on the lead in the league, I think he's got a bright future. He is a better shooter than his brother. His brother only shot about twenty three percent, I believe from three last year for sure for sure all right so not much fifth, better but yeah with the fifth pick here the pistons they kind of already have their guards with Cade cunningham and Jaden ivy so you know i think amin thompson's the best player on the board i think they go towards cam whitmore and i know that he hasn't really been killing his you know pre-draft workouts but he's a scorer 
He's just he's a stud who can score. I think him fitting at the three next to Ivy and Cade, and maybe you know Bagley and Duran. I'm very excited to see how he fits there. I do like the idea of Cam Whitmore coming to Detroit because that is a the small forward position is a position that I think they need to work on a little bit. You know how how much longer are you going to roll with someone like Boyan Boganovic as your starting three? You got to get some youth in there. You got to get some some athleticism in there. Right. No offense to Boyan, but he's not the most athletic guy in the NBA. Right. I know I know Piston fans are very disappointed with you know falling from one to five in the draft, but. <sighs> You've got you've got a good pick here. Cam Whitmore, he can be your guy for the future. My heart was broken for Detroit because they they went out of their way to have the worst record in the NBA and could not even get into the top four. For sure, you've got to feel bad for them, but you, you know <laughs> that might that got... might prove that might prove that the the lottery is rigged. That might prove it right there. Yeah, you know, just tough luck, tough luck, Detroit. You'll be bad again uh, next year. Go ahead I'm and so... get you another pick. I'm really glad that the NFL does not have a lottery because I have a feeling we would not be having Trevor Lawrence right now if we did not have a lottery. Yeah, and the NFL is a little different since there's so many players to choose from and so many rounds. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, less games, too. Oh, very. Yeah. Dude, imagine the NFL with an 82-game season. See, that's where I, like it just can't happen because imagine how many players would get injured. Dude, Dude pr- listen, the practice squad would be – so much more valuable at that point. Oh yeah, dude, you be you be pulling guys <laughs> off the street to play for you because how many dude, injuries I, you have? I, I could be the next like left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> if that happened. I could be exactly like, the next center for them. You could be like the next tight end or receiver for them. Yeah, I'm the next cornerback for the Cleveland uh, is that, Browns. Is that, squad. is that a position you would want to play if you were a football player? As corner, for sure, I'd be a corner all day. I'd be, a, I definitely would be on the line. I'd be like, you know, even, I'd, I'd probably be like right tackle, left tackle, probably just because my frame and size. Yeah, for sure. I like it. All right, Adorn, looking at number six here, the Magic with the first of their two lottery selections. Okay, I am taking, uh, I, again, this is, and a lot of people think, oh, there's no way me and Thompson can fall this low. Yes, there is, because Jarace Walker is on the board, and they need a power forward. They don't need a guard. They need forwards. And I love that pick there for them. You know, Drace Walker, very good defensive upside. And pairing him with Paolo, I'm I'm very excited to see what that can do there in Orlando. I, and that, that could be really good. And what I like about Drace, man, just, like, he's very active on defense. He's very quick for his size. He's like 6'7", 249. I mean, it's, he's a big body, but he can move for his size. Yeah, for sure. And that Orlando core is so tall, so big already, and just add another guy who's just huge and just I really like what Orlando's doing down there. And they got some uh they got some pretty tall guards too. Like their guards are like six six six, six seven. For sure, for sure. All right, so looking at pick number seven with the Pacers. And, you know, I had I had Jerace Walker going here a lot in most of my mocks. Because, you know, they do need that power forward. But you take best player available. And right now, it's very obviously a man Thompson. You know, and you, I know you've got Tyrese Halliburton, you've got Benedict Matherin, but you can fit a Min Thompson there at the two or the three. Yeah, and, and and most likely, like I hope Pacer fans don't get their hopes up because I don't think he'll be falling this low. But um, he would be pretty good over there. I, I think him and Tyrese Halliburton that'd be a pretty deadly duo. And not to mention, you got guys like Miles Turner over there. You said Benedict; he's a very good player. Um, 
So I I don't mind that pick at all. I think I think I think Indiana is probably going to go best available. Whoever is on the board at number seven. I agree. I agree. So moving on to my team, the Washington Wizards. Who do you have them taking at eight? Uh, well, yeah, this is a very different team as of today. Um, so originally I had them take in, uh, Taylor Hendricks. And I honestly think that's still probably the best, best case scenario. Uh, so I'll, I'll have them take Taylor Hendricks. I still think that's probably the best way to go. I love Hendricks as a prospect. You know, just the ability to bring three and D to a power forward position is just so sought out for, you know, in today's NBA. And I, I love the fit there. I do. Not just that, man. He's a very, like, He's very lengthy. He's very lean. Uh, I think at the combine they said he has like a seven-seven wingspan. I mean, they, I mean, he is a long, athletic guy. He's six-nine-two-ten. Can move like a point guard. He can even knock down the three at a very consistent rate. So I, I like this guy a lot. Yeah, I love that pick there, Dorn. All right, so moving on to pick number nine, the Utah Jazz. I think the Jazz just go best player available because I think that's what they need right now. Is just any position that can give them good besides the center position because they have Walker Kessler. I have them taking Anthony Black. Okay. I'm not too high on Black, but, you know, I mean, he has time to impress me. Obviously, he's not been in the league yet, so I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on him. I have them going with uh, uh, Bilo Kabuli because uh, I just think he kind of fits the Utah system, you know, big international guy because – for some reason, Utah loves their international players. I don't. I don't they know do. what it's. I. Don't, I mean, I don't know what it is with them, but they love it. Lloyd Markin and uh, they have. They've had Rudy Gobert. I just. I don't get it with them. Yeah, I. I do think that Bilal is definitely. He deserves to be a lottery pick, and he's been creeping up the boards. And I could see him going there at nine for sure. But I think that the they just high on Anthony Black. Fair enough. Okay. Um. Number eleven. Uh. No, sorry, number 10 to Dallas. Now, a lot of question marks around Dallas. You know, is Kyrie Irving going to come back? Is uh, Christian Wood going to come back? They really want to pair somebody next to Luka. And, you know, Dallas was one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league last year. So it it makes the most sense to take Grady Dick from Kansas. Yeah, I like that pick, though, and I really do. I think that, you know, he can bring a defensive wing set to that team, you know, kind of like Lou Dort, but maybe even a little better. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, looking at pick number 11, you know, Orlando's second pick in this draft. You know, I don't see them keeping both these picks. I think they trade one, but, you know, they've already got Jarace Walker. So they've kind of got their big man in this draft, and I still think they draft best player available. I love to see Jordan Hawkins go here. Ooh, that's a... I I would not mind that at all, you know. I when I was doing my research on uh, these prospects, Jordan Hawkins suddenly became like my favorite player in this class. I love everything about Jordan Hawkins. He, I mean, perfect mechanics while shooting, really good defense. He does everything well. He checks all the boxes. For sure, and I think you know, just bringing that winning player to Orlando would be very exciting. Somebody who can play next to Markel Fultz. I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with that pick. Okay, okay. So I have OKC next up. I had them taking Case and Wallace, and believe it or not, I still think that's the way to go. I, I, I know, I know, uh, Shafino's still on the board. I know Nick Smith Jr.'s on the board. I get Cole that. Cole Bailey's still on the board. Cole Bailey is still on the board, but man, his 
something about Case and Wallace, I just don't think you can pass up on him. He is Drew Holiday 2.0. As soon as this man gets his offensive game down, he is going to be one of the most underrated guards in the league. I mean, he can be up there with guys like Drew Holiday, guys like Marcus Smart, uh, even guys like maybe his future teammate, Josh Giddy. I mean, he's just so good, man. He's probably right. like my top, my second favorite prospect in this class. And Yeah, I agree. I think that Casey Wallace is a very high – I think he's underrated in this draft. I think he could go at like number eight to the Wizards and still be, you know, a quality pick there. And I think another reason why not a lot of people were talking about him last year at Kentucky was because, well, number one – you got guys like Antonio Reeves, who returned today, didn't know that was going to happen, uh, Oscar Shibway, and not to mention, Kentucky has been a little bit of a laughing stock uh, in college basketball here lately. I mean, you go all the way back to losing to the Peacocks of St. Peter's, and just overall laughing stock, and when you have a lot of on-court drama, you kind of forget who your main stars are on the team. Yeah, right. All right, moving on here to pick number 13 with the Raptors. And they've got a lot of questions. You know, are they bringing back Jakob Pertl? Are they bringing, Are they trading OG? Are they bringing back Fred Van Vliet? Looks like his time in Toronto is gone. So I just really like this player. You know, you know I'm high on this player. This is a player I've, I've been looking at all season. I just, I really love Kobe Bufkin here to the Raptors. Oh, yeah. I, I, I know you're a big Bufkin guy. Also, don't forget Gary Trent Jr., player option. Yeah, and he accepted his player option, which is interesting to me. But I think Kobe Bufkin could replace Fred Van Vliet as that starting point guard next year. Started, really? Yeah, I do. I don't. I, think I, that... I don't. He's good, but I don't know if I see him as a starter like from day one. Like, I mean, if you're going to draft him this high, he might as well be your starter from day one. Right, I agree. You know, he might not be the quality starter you need to like compete day one. But I see the Raptors sort of entering a soft rebuild here in this next year. Not to mention, the Raptors have some very good, like, developmental staff. Like, some of the players that they've drafted in recent years have went on to have some really good careers. I mean, you look at a guy like Pascal Siakam. He's now one of the best power forwards in the league today. Right, and he was a late, he was a late pick. Same with OG Ananobi. You know, he was picked in the 20s as well. you got to look at players like that. You know, they, you're right. They have a very good developmental staff. I would love to see a player like Kobe Bufkin go there. All right, so that, that Bufkin pick did throw me off just a little bit. I didn't expect that direction, but I do like it, though. Um, my next pick, and this is Pelicans. Now, again, they could trade this pick. Who knows? Um, they If they are going to keep Zion and Ingram, I don't think they really need a forward. I think they really need a true point guard, and that is where Jalen Hood Shafino is going to come off the board. I love this pick here to the Pelicans. You know, they have C.J. McCollum, Jose Alvarado. They've got an interesting guard rotation. I think adding Hood Safino to that rotation is very exciting. And Jose Alvarado, he, I mean, I think he fits better when he is coming off the bench. I don't think he can be like a solidified, like number one option in the starting lineup. I think think you've got to bring him off the bench. Agreed. I really like Alvarado off the bench. All right. Looking at pick 15 here with the Hawks. The first pick out of the lottery. Now the lottery's done. Um, This is an interesting pick here because you got the, you know, the question mark future of John Collins, Clint Capella. You can, Are you going to unleash Onyeko Okongwu? So, you know, you've got a lot of good players on the board here. And one thing the Hawks have that I like is they have a lot of wing depth. They've got DeAndre Hunter, A.J. Griffin, 
Bojan Bogdanovic. They've got a bunch of bunch of good wings, but you can never have enough. So I've got them taking a player, Bilal Koulibaly, from France. Uh, and this, if this does end up being the 15th pick, uh, Hawks fans, you can thank your lucky stars because that would be a steal at pick 15. It really would. It really would, Dorn. And, you know, I think that trading DeAndre Hunter, trading John Collins is a real possibility this season. And that would just open up a lot of playing time for Cool Bailey there in Atlanta. Moving away from uh, the mock draft just for a second, do you see a universe where they say, hey, I think we really want to trade Trey Young? I I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks blew it up and you didn't see anybody from their starting five return, you know, in the next couple of years. I wouldn't be super surprised about that. Because he's he has a big contract. I mean, he's making forty a year. And I would be interested to see what the return they would get for Trey Young would be. What would you if you were the Wizards? What would you give him for uh, this off season? Like if you still had Bill and Porzingis, if you did if you didn't make any trades, what would you give him? Well, okay, so if we're trading for Trey Young, I'm giving him the eighth pick. I'm giving them our future picks for the next three, four years. Give him Danny. Give him Corey. I'm like, keeping. I'm keeping Bill. I'd like yeah. to have that backcourt. Okay. Oh yeah, dude. Trey Young, Bradley Bill. I mean, I know. I know Atlanta has a good backcourt now with Trey and Dejounte, but like, I feel like Bradley Bill has a more polished game than Dejounte does. For sure, that'd be a very exciting. You know. Bad defense, but other than that, it Very would be exciting bad. backcourt. That, that's I think that's the one thing that like might be running out that Trey might be running out of time on is working on his defense because he's been in the league for what five years. Like yeah, he he's got to work on his defense, man. That that's something that's been holding not only him back but the Hawks in postseason play. I they they listen. They were they were in a game six situation with the Celtics this past year. I'm not going to lie. If Trey Young knew how to play defense, I don't think there's any universe where they don't beat the Celtics. Right. And, yeah, you got to look at his defense. You know, in the playoffs, every team just gives the ball to whoever he's guarding, and they just attack. And there's nothing Trey Young can do. He's, you're right. I think they need to find a better way to hide his poor defensive ability. But True. going back to the draft here, let's look at pick 16 with the Utah Jazz. They've got Anthony Black. Who do you have them taking? I have... Uh, the Utah Jazz taking this is tough because Derek Lively just I don't they don't need him they don't I think they I think they go for a true point guard here and I've got them taking Nick Smith Jr. out of Arkansas I like this pick here you know he didn't average a lot of assists but you know he has injury riddled college season was supposed to be a very high prospect now, I like the pick here. You know, a lot of question marks around him, but I think he has a lot of potential. Absolutely. And he's joining his former teammate with Anthony Black. Oh, yeah. I'd, in yeah, the backcourt. It'd be tough. It'd be tough. Who do you have Lakers taken? This is an interesting pick for him here. I think they need to hit on this pick because I don't like their young core. And I think that pairing up Derek Lively with Anthony Davis back there is just something – Lakers fans should be so excited about that would be that'd be tough man that, that would be uh very very tough I, I I'm not gonna lie I, I don't I wouldn't hate that pick because I mean that that's something that we've even been talking about since last offseason is like they don't have a true five like Davis can play the five but like it like as a coach 
Like, if I'm coaching them, I really want Davis at the four. I don't want him at the five. I don't want him going down there battling with guys like Embiid and Jokic. I want him battling with other guys like people like Brandon Clark, people like Draymond, people like Evan Mobley. Right, I think that's where his natural position is. And, you know, they they tried the Mo Bamba experience. You know, it didn't really work out for them. He's kind of been out of the rotation almost there in L.A. So I think Derek Lively here, if his three-point shot is legit, would be a great pick. Is it bad to say that the Mo Bamba song has been better than Mo Bamba's career? And it wasn't even close. <laughs> it wasn't was it close. even close. I, like, when he got drafted, man, because I watched the draft that night, and – there was so much talk about him, but like I and I wasn't huge on college basketball then. I didn't watch it like I do today. So when he got drafted in the top eight, I was like, "Who?" I was like, "Huh?" Right? Because like, yeah. he came from Texas, and I was like, "Well, I don't watch Texas basketball." Yeah, yeah, for sure. For who sure. did he get drafted? By? I forgot who he originally got drafted by. It wasn't the Lakers. It wasn't the Magic. You know. I think he, it was the Magic. Was it was the Magic. Because he got drafted before his former teammate, Wendell Carter Jr., by the Bulls. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was the Magic. What's the Magic? And I was, like, I was like, well, he's tall. We'll see what he does. He hasn't done nothing. Yeah, he really hasn't. He's been very disappointing in the league. All right, moving on to pick 18 here with the Heat. Who do you have them taking? Oh, see, the Heat could do a lot of things, man. I mean, you know, do you kind of try to move on from Kyle Lowry, uh, you know, are you trading Bam? Because I always think that's a possibility too. Um, you know, you need a power forward. Like, like you're in desperate need of a power forward. So, I see them trying to reach on Noah Cloudy. I just think this would be something that they want to do. They're going to try to reach on him. <sighs> try to see what he can do. All right, yeah, I don't mind the pick here. Yeah, I think he could be a 3-D, decent defensive guy there for – for the Miami Heat and fit next to Jimmy and Bam in that power forward spot. I would be shocked if Kyle Lowry is still a Miami Heat player next year. Yeah, I agree. I think his contract is expensive, and they just they don't really have a need for him, especially if they bring back Gabe Vincent. How do you feel about trading uh, Tyler Hero? I don't think it's going to happen unless it's in a Dame trade. Okay, but I wouldn't be the no, I would. I like Max Struess, and you know, obviously he had a poor performance in the playoffs, but yeah, I think that he can compete. I, I think that they don't need Tyler Hero. I think you gotta trade Duncan Robinson too, if they can get off that contract. Oh, God, dude, why would they give him that? I don't. Yeah, it's a terrible, <coughs> terrible choice. I don't understand. All right, uh, pick number nineteen, the Warriors. Now we we talked about Kevin Durant earlier. Uh, not Draymond Green. Draymond Green early. I don't know why. I don't know why Kevin Durant came to mind. I was thinking of Kevin Love, uh, but we talked about uh, Draymond Green. How he probably isn't going to come back. So who do you have the Warriors taking? Right, and this is going to be an interesting pick here. You know, you're right. And then you have the question marks about Kuminga. You know, his agent said he might leave. You know, and then you just you really need to know forward. And I think a guy who can play the small forward, power forward, or center, Leonard Miller here from Canada. Okay. I'm a big yes. fan of game. He can he can definitely play that position. I mean, that's taller than Draymond, right? Taller than Draymond. It is. It is taller than Draymond. Draymond's like six nine, six eight. Yeah, and so Pretty I'm excited sure. to see what Leonard Miller could do there. I'd be very happy to see him go to Golden State. Who who wouldn't want a seven two Jonathan Kaminga, right? Who wouldn't want yeah, seven two Jonathan Kaminga? I mean, listen, if he's seven two, uh, I I need to see a birth certificate. 
quite honestly. I need I need to see uh, the I need to see the doctor reports that says, hey, he grew from like what six eight to seven two. I need to see the doctor report. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you now, it's not happening. He that boy <laughs> is six eight, six seven, whatever he was come, last year. He's gonna come into preseason as tall as someone like Chet Holmgren or something. If he comes in the preseason is almost the same size as Victor Wimbanyama, I'm scared for every other team. I'm I do that, that would be man, that would be I mean, imagine Steph Curry's like lob passing abilities. Like he's catching all the lobs. Oh, that would be exciting to watch. And he could take Jamon's spot if he really is seven foot two. And like jokes aside, like jokes aside from being seven two, I still think Jonathan Kaminga is gonna be a stud one day. I agree. I think he definitely has the intangibles and yeah, I'm a big fan of Kaminga's game, the cum bucket. <laughs> now, as far as Moses Moody, I'm not too high on him. I know he was another big draft pick they had that year, but I was never too high on Moses Moody coming out of college. Yeah, I think that if they would have got you know Corey Kispert or Chris Duarte there with their pick, I think it would have been a little bit better for them there. Easily. All right, with the Rockets, they have the 20th pick. And I realistically, I think they're just going to be like Orlando. I think this could be shipped off somewhere. Uh, but we're not doing trades. So they took Azir Thompson with the fourth pick. So I'm thinking they go ahead and take a forward because, you know, you got Jalen Green. You got Azir Thompson. There's been rumors about um, James Harden making a return. So if that does happen, you really don't need a guard, but what you do need, and I, I'm taking Bryce Cinnabog with this 22nd pick. Or I'm a I'm a big 20. fan of Cinnabog's game. You know he's he's definitely a guy who's going to be up there on draft night, and definitely going to be a first round pick. And I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a big I'm, fan of how he scores. I'm iffy on him. Like I'm I'm 50 50 on him. But I mean, if I am the Rockets GM, I know what we need. I don't see why you don't take him. Right, yeah, best player available. I think that he's up there right now with the rest of the players on the board. Easily. All right, so pick 21, the first of two for the Brooklyn Nets here. It's my pick, and this is an interesting one. I think that they just take best player available. I think that they're kind of entering that little soft rebuild that they're doing there in Brooklyn. I love Keontae George here. I think he's a perfect player to follow to them here. It would be tough if they – it would be tough if they pass up on Keontae George not once but twice. Yeah, I, I don't see it happen. I think he's a great player to go there. Speaking of passing up not once but twice, someone someone still needs to tell the Timberwolves, hey, remember when you passed up on Steph Curry not once but twice? For two other point guards, too. What a terrible and, draft and choice. And neither one of those point guards panned out, right? Ricky Rubio panned out to be Rubio okay. Rubio did, but Johnny Flynn? Johnny oh, Flynn is true. a nobody. Wow, Dude, what a that, terrible that man, pick. That man is probably like a real estate agent right now. That boy, I, I don't even know. He's playing his, in China now. His biggest, his biggest flex is gonna be, oh, I got taken ahead of Steph Curry. That's all he can say about his entire <laughs> That's career. Be his biggest That's all flex, he can say. man. All right, well, I've taken the next Brooklyn pick, and I still think they go best available. I think they, I think they create a backcourt for the future. Pair Keontae George up with Jet Howard. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jet Howard in this draft, but I do think if he falls to 22, this is a great pick for them. As long as you put him beside a guard that knows what they're doing, if if you can let those two guys kind of, you know, their energy rub off on each other, I think he can just be just fine. 
I think yeah, and I think if you put Keontae George and uh, him on the same team, yeah, I think that kind of creates a rivalry from those two. You know, they're both trying to become the better player, trying to become that starter, that starting shooting guard in that position. That dude, that guard. If that is if that is what they do, then that guard room is going to be tough. I mean, you got Spencer Dinwiddie, you got Jet Howard, Keontae George, Mikel uh, Mikel Bridges. I mean, that that guard room is tough. It really is. It really is. All right, looking at pick 23 here with the Trailblazers. And if they don't trade the pick, if they do enter a rebuild, I have a different pick. But I think they're going to build around Dame. So I think they draft the best player available here, the most NBA-ready player, and that is Chris Murray here. Pick 23. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. but And he is, uh, I'm pretty sure he is the oldest guy in this this class because he played... He played up until his junior year, so uh, he's older than his brother, Keegan Murray, who's already had one year of NBA experience with the Kings. Um, yeah, so, who, I, yeah, I'm interested with that pick. You know, I think he's just the most the player who can affect the most with his rookie year. Easily, let's see. Uh, what the, let's see the Kings take here, pick twenty four. Kings, man, ah. Uh, the Kings, I have them taken somebody who probably hasn't got a lot of attention, and I'm going with James Naji. I like this pick. Be a backup to Sabonis. Be a backup Sabonis, and you could start both of them because, like, if you let's say, hey, you know, you don't want to. I could see them rolling out a starting five next year of Deion Fox, Kevin Herter. Uh, Keegan Murray, DeMontis Sabonis, and James Nagy. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even hate that starting five. I think Sabonis is more of a center, but you know, you put him at that power forward next to Nagy, I think it could work out for sure. Even if you, even if Sabonis does play center, the backups were Sean Holmes, so I definitely think you need to upgrade a little bit there. For sure, you really do. All right, now looking at pick twenty-five here with the Grizzlies. You know, they have a lot of questions at the wing spot. You know, they've got obviously John Morant's been out for twenty-five uh, yeah. games this season. Um. But you've got a guy like Tyus Jones who can step up and play that point guard spot. And you know, you look at their small forward. They said Dylan Brooks, we're not bringing you back. You're gone for good. And they've got a guy in this draft who is the perfect embodiment of a role player. You know, he can score, he can shoot the three, he can play defense, he can rebound. I'm a big fan of Jaime Hawkes from UCLA. Oh, that in the first round? Yeah, in the first round. You know what, man? I don't hate it. I really don't. He was one of my favorite players to watch for a while. He's also one of the older guys in this draft class. I think he played all four years, if I'm not mistaken. He did. He was a senior. So he's so he's very experienced. Uh, he's just one of those guys that's going to come in there day one and just make winning basketball plays. Right, and I'm just really excited to see that there for them. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, so Indiana – at 26 and I think we both uh we both think that this pick's going to probably get traded somewhere down the line um but if they do make this pick which they took Amin Thompson with the seventh they got a guy that can play kind of the guard and the forward position I think they just go best available here and if they're going best available you're taking uh Ryan Rupert Oh, Rupert. However you say his name yesterday. Repair. Ryan Repair. 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 Yeah. Ryan Repair. I don't know why there's another like A in there if it's Ryan. Maybe the A silent. I'm not sure. 
Yeah, it's one of those French names, you know. It's interesting. It's overseas names, we always struggle with them here. <laughs> Dude, it's on like... On the Benchwarmers pod. Hey, listen, I'm just glad that I was able to nail Victor's last name. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like Ana de Kumpo. It's just something you gotta, you gotta practice because you're gonna be saying his name a lot. How, how long did it take you to come up with... Uh, how long did it take you to pronounce Giannis's last name right? It took me a couple it, years. Not that long. It you know, took it, me a couple years. It was funny. Years. It was funny listening to all the announcers struggle with it. But you know, I kind of, I kind of had it down pat. But the only thing I struggled with the spelling of it. Yeah, I, I still. It's like A N T E T O K U N M P O. I think that's yeah, how you. I. It's an interesting, interesting last name for which sure. Which like it's like. When I, whenever I'd write down players' names, if I was, if I had to write them down, for Giannis, I would just write down his first name. I would not write down his, yeah, his last name. There's no point, in no attempt, point. even attempting a second and, name. And I can say Wimbenyama, but I can't spell it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's something we'll have to definitely work on. But I'd like Rod Repair here to the Pacers. You know, it's just a guy you can plug and play at the two spot, and he's definitely going to be a a project player. But he projects to be a very good defender in the league. Absolutely. All right, who do you got uh, Charlotte taking with uh, number 27? So I actually, I think that there's a couple players on the board here that can, you know, have a brighter future than the player I'm selecting, but just the all-around ability to just be such a good role player, I think it's unpassable here at 27. I have them taking Colby Jones out of Xavier. I actually also have them taking Colby Jones. Unlike my paper mock draft, I have them taking Colby Jones. I like his tape a lot. Um... You know, and Xavier, you know, a lot of people say, oh, he's from Xavier. He don't play any competition. That's just not true, man. You know, the Big East, they have that conference is getting better in college basketball. Big East can like put some respect on the Big East name. Yeah, and for sure. And, you know, he's been there for three years and I just I really like his game. I think that he's just going to be a contributor to whatever team he gets on. And I think I'd rather see him join a contender. But I just like the experience he brings as a rookie to the Hornets. And who knows, you know, uh, Charlotte's getting a Charlotte has a new ownership now. Uh, I would say if they can nail this draft class, maybe get some get some big splashes in free agency in the next couple of years. They could be in the playoffs in the next couple of years. And you know, I'd like to see that for the Hornets. The Hornets being the closest team to our location yeah. on the map, whereas we're being Southwest Virginia. I'm a big fan of like going to Hornets games. Of course, been to plenty in my lifetime. You know, I so actually, always... I actually have a Charlotte Hornets hat. Yeah, I do too. I, do I too. can, I can I represent it. them, man. I have it signed by Gerald Henderson, the former Bobcat. That's that, that's that's a flex, man. That, you have you actually have quite a few uh, player signatures. I don't have any. Yeah, that's just where I've been going to a lot of NBA games, try to go as many as I can, Which, try to get as many actually, jerseys Actually, it's a lot. I, I have one player signature. It's up there. It's uh, Mr. Keith Jennings, former former Warriors guard from the from the 90s. Hopefully, we'll get him on the show one of these days. Oh, man, I'd be so excited. You know, we both kind of know Mr. Jennings because he's kind of been around here in Chilhowee. Yep, and, so he, and he's not far from here, man. He's, he's in Tennessee. Not yeah, far hopefully from we here. can. Hopefully we can get him on here sometime to talk. That'd be college, truly a blessing. College legend, actually. He's you know he's top five in assists. ETSU, absolute beast. Just a very big college legend. He's on the top ten for shortest NBA players. So I mean, very very good player. Has a lot of knowledge. I talked to him uh, this past week. Uh, one last week actually. Uh, very knowledgeable player. Has a lot of great stories. 
Yeah, it would truly be an honor to have him here on the pod. Hopefully, we'll be able to get that one day. All right, let's see here. Number 29, or number 28, this is Utah. And, you know, you got Anthony Black, you got Nick Smith Jr. You really don't need a guard. So I've got them taking a power forward to kind of back up Laurie Markkinen. And I've got them taking another Big East player, Olivier Maxmitz Prosper. I love this pick here. I think the energy he brings and just the defensive presence he has. I'm very excited to see him there. In and Utah. like the improvement he made from year one to year two, unbelievable. I mean, he was in the gym all summer long from Marquette. He had a really great coach. I mean, Shaka Smart, one of the one of the most disciplined coaches in college basketball we have. So you know, he's coming from a very disciplined team. And uh, I mentioned this with. Uh, I mentioned this with a player that we had mentioned just a few minutes ago, but he can come in there and just make winning basketball plays. Just Right, he easy. really can. Yeah, I'm All excited right, to see that. All right, so pick 29. The Indiana Pacers actually do not have this pick. They traded it to the Denver Nuggets. I believe it was pick 29 and 32 for pick 40 in a future first. Mm-hmm. Which so now the Nuggets here, you know, I think they try to replace a player that I think they're gonna lose, which is Bruce Brown. And I think they go with a player who can shoot the three ball, maybe play some defense. Derek Whitehead. I have a feeling that you were going with Derek once you said you know replace that shooting guard position, can shoot the three. I I was like he's gonna say Derek Whitehead. He's gonna say him. Yeah, I don't see him falling out of the first round. You know, he's got the injury concerns. He's got the yeah, big you injury concerns. Very bad dribbling, but. I think, you know, he won't have to dribble. He'll be kind of like a Michael Porter Jr. 2.0 there in uh, Denver. Now, I'm not going to lie. Uh, and I don't usually say this about Duke players. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt. Uh, don't forget this moment because it's going to be the only compliment I ever give a Duke player. Um, if he did not get injured, I think he could be a, a lottery pick. Yeah, see, I, I could agree with that. I really can. I think that. Whitehead is legit. I do, but I just if he can work on that dribbling, because watching him at Duke was very frustrating at times. But I, I could see him being a very good player in the NBA. All right, and with the final pick in the first round, uh, the Wizards own this pick now. It's no longer the Clippers. So, you know, they took um, who did we have them taking with the eighth pick? Uh, the Wizards took Taylor Hendricks. So they so they got their power forward, man. I think they just go best available here, but I also think they take a chance on a prospect that some people are iffy about. And I have them taking Gregory Jackson. Wow, Gigi Jackson here going to the Wizards. I like it. I think that he is a first-round talent. I just think that the maturity level and, you know, just – the defense and the shot chucking is it's a question mark there for Gregory for Gigi Jackson, but I'm excited, you know, it's a potential player. Whoever gets Gigi Jackson, they're gonna have the perfect motto now. Every time they win, they can just post on Instagram and say GG. GG. <laughs> <laughs> every every time now. Every like win. so that's yeah. gonna be like one of the biggest puns in the NBA next year. So whoever gets him, they can just say, Oh, GG, right? Just oh, for sure. for sure. so it's so now All right. Uh, who are some players that, like, who is who are some of your dark horse second round players? All right, and I was actually about to ask you the same question. You know, there's a there's a lot of talent in this draft. Me and you have both done a bunch of research, so you can see that. 
And I, I just think players like Maxwell Lewis, you know, Maxwell Lewis deserves to be a first-round pick. So does Brandon Podzemski. So does City Sissoko. So does Trace Jackson Davis. Those are just a few of the names that I can mention That's off the top of my head. I, I really am a fan of those players, and it's just crazy to see them fall into the second round. It's uh, Before I give you some of my dark horses, can we talk about a position in this draft class that's actually very weak? And it kind of surprises me because if you watched college basketball this year, you wouldn't think that this position would be so weak. The center position is probably the weakest we've seen it in a very, very long time. For sure, for sure. You know, you've got you've got your three centers, James Najee, Derek Whitehead, and Victor. But after that, it really falls off a cliff, and you have some guys that might not even get drafted. You know, you've got Shibway from Kentucky. You've got Adama Sinogo from UConn, who I think should get drafted. I think he deserves it. But after that, you know, you don't really see anybody you can picture getting drafted. I don't think you caught this, but I'm going to catch it for you. Uh, you said Dweek Whitehead. Oh, I meant James Nazi. <laughs> you meant, meant I think Derek you meant Derek Lively. Lively, yeah. yeah sorry, and I, I was just, just like, I'm just like, you know what? I I was debating for a second. I was like, should I just let it go? Should I, should should I yeah, just? I meant, uh, meant D Love. I mean, no no disrespect uh, to Derek Lively. <laughs> oh man, dude! If if we get a player to listen to this, that'd be that'd be crazy. But no, like I was like, should should I correct him on that? Should I just let it go? Uh, but no, like yeah. Once once you get out of the once you get out of those three guys, you know. I mean, you're not really looking at anything else center-wise. I mean, you're really not. But some of my guys that I really like in the second round, uh, like I said, I think Tracy Jackson Davis should be a first-round pick. Um, Maxwell Lewis, Julian Phillips out of Tennessee, I really like him too. Um, And like you said with Brandon, he's good. Andre Jackson, um, there's a lot of, of, like, hidden gems that could be in the second round. What are your thoughts on Marcus Sasser from Houston? Right. Marcus Sasser from Houston. I was about to mention him, actually. I think he'd be a great fit for like just any team that needs a backup point guard. I think you can just play him right off the bat. I think he'll know what to do. I'm, I'm a big fan of Marcus Sasser's scoring ability. This draft class, I think, is going to be very loaded. Um, you know, who is some guy who, – who is some, like, maybe future – prospects in next year's draft class could you see maybe getting some attention right now well, that's that's an interesting question I like that question um you know there's a lot of guys next year I think that guys that stayed back and didn't come into the draft like don't want to be biased but from Duke you know Kyle Filipowski I feel like he's gonna be the consensus like number one pick potentially really you think flip number one overall Potentially, I mean, he he was gonna get drafted this year, I thought, and then he's he was like, he was gonna be a top twenty pick. He was gonna be top twenty, uh, unless there's some like international guy that comes out of the woodworks, just like Victor Wimbanyama did. Uh, I could see, right. I, I could see, uh, I could see y'all having quite a few uh, draft picks next year. Guys like Kyle Filipowski, guys like Tyrese Proctor. Uh, I could see that. I could even see North Carolina, North Carolina having one, and all Elliot Cadieu. Right, yeah, he's definitely a player to look at. And then you've he's got tough. guys like like the G League Ignite players that are going to come in. Like a Ron Holland is supposed to be a top five pick. Matas Buzelis, six foot ten shooting guard. That's terrifying. Matas Buzelis will probably be the number one overall pick, in my opinion. That, listen, man, the, these next few draft classes are going to be very good. Uh, obviously, the, the biggest headline with next year's draft class 
oh, where's Bronny James going to go? Because everyone knows wherever he goes, that's where his dad's going to go. Right, yeah, and I think that I think that Bronny deserves to be drafted. I think he does have that potential. I just don't see him as a top pick yet. I'll, I'll say know, this. He... I used to be... I used to be the biggest hater on Bronny. I used to be the biggest hater. But listen, man, he's he's improved. He's done what he, he's got in the gym. And he's he definitely has a much more polished game than he used to. For sure, for sure. I, I agree. I think that he's improving more than I thought he was going to. I thought he was kind of going to be a, a little bit of a bust, kind of a disappointment in the NBA. I thought that his brother, Bryce, is going to be better. But right now, Bronny James is looking pretty good. Uh, I, I still think Bryce could be. I mean, Bryce is bucking for sure. Oh, Bryce is legit. Bryce is very legit. Are you shocked that Bronny said, hey, I want to play a year at college? I thought he was going to go to the G League, potentially. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he went to the G League. But then then again, you got to look at, like, you know, he's making a lot from that NIL deal. You know, he's such a sought-after prospect. And him and, you know, he's a point guard, Isaiah Collier. He's oh, supposed yeah. to be a top 10 pick. He's legit, too. Oh, it's going to yeah. be interesting watching uh, USC play next year. Dude, at USC, man. And, like, that's one of, I wouldn't say one of the weaker conferences, but the Pac-12, I mean, you know, that could be USC's conference next year. Because the Pac-12 right. just doesn't have, I, I don't think they have, like, a ton of talent. Um, They're more of a football conference than anything. For sure, for sure. I like... From next year's draft, I'm a big fan of Aaron Bradshaw and Zachary Rissacher. Um, You got guys like Justin Edwards. I'm very excited. I think next year's draft isn't going to be as good as this year's. Oh, no. But there are definitely a lot of players there that can land a solid spot in the NBA. I don't know if we're going to see another one like this for a little bit. Yeah, I think this class is deep. I think there's top talent. I think there's talent that can go in the second round that's going to be legit players. I'm just, I'm really excited to see where this draft class is in two years. What what which which draft class would you compare in more in more recent history to this one? From this one, I would say probably the 2018 with Luka Doncic. I oh, think yeah. like you look at that draft class and it's just so deep. You've got role players on role players on role players, and you've just got a bunch of guys that can contribute like McCall Bridges, Jaron Jackson Jr., DeAndre Ayton. I I really would compare it to this draft class. Let's hope no one becomes the Josh Jackson of this draft class. For sure, the Marvin Bagley. That was some, that was some interesting ones. Uh, uh, we're gonna end the podcast here in a here in a minute, but I want to go on Instagram because I actually saw something I want to bring to your attention. Uh, it's in it's NBA draft comparisons for the first for the top three guys. Um, so I so for Victor Wimbanyama, I'm trying to find it here. I think it's on. This page right here. Yeah, so here we go. So uh, the high end comparison. I'm gonna, I'm gonna for each one of these. I want you to say uh, yes or no. For the high end comparison to Victor Wembanyama, they say Kevin Durant on offense, Kevin Garnett on defense. If he reaches his full potential, yes. But that is a reach. That is like you gotta realize how how high of like everybody expects. Victor, they expect him to average thirty points a game, fifteen rebounds, five blocks. You know, they just ex- they expect absurd numbers. I expect to see eighteen points, eight rebounds, two blocks, something like that in his first. Well, first year. of all, you gotta remember how strong Kevin Garnett was coming into the NBA. The dude, oh I mean, yeah, he was he, a monster. He was probably on the roids. I'm not gonna lie, probably, but 
I mean, the dude, the, the dude was a menace. And then the low end comparison for Victor is a taller Anthony Davis. And see, that's like I don't like. There is a little resemblance, of course, the shot blocking ability there. I think that Victor just has a way better handle. Of, he can just handle the rock much better than Anthony Davis ever could, and probably can now. So I just I don't see that comparison. I see Victor as like the lowest end, just a better bowl bowl, mm-hmm. and then the highest end something we've never seen before. All right, for Brandon Miller, high end comparison. Brandon Ingram. That kind of surprises me. I was expecting you to say Paul George. I think I compare Brandon Miller a lot to Paul George. I think that they they have similar game. Speaking of Brandon Brand, Brandon Miller and Paul George, something we yes. forgot to mention. Uh, Brandon Miller came out and said Paul George is the greatest basketball player of all time. I I want your thoughts on this, man. I've I got no thoughts I mean, on that. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's nothing to say. He's just he's wrong. That's that's all you can say. <laughs> he's he is. Brandon Miller needs to get his IQ checked. Maybe he's trying not to be drafted by the Hornets, trying to look stupid or something. <laughs> Which, I'm listen, not sure. I mean, no disrespect to PG. You're a great player. Uh, prime Paul George. Prime Paul George. Top five player in the league. Podcast P, come on the pod. Come on the pod. Podcast God, P. Man. Uh, now this low in comparison for Brandon Miller. I don't even know what to make of it. Marvin Williams. I mean, it's just, I think he's just like, okay, it's the possible number two overall pick who's going to be a bust. Yeah. Like, Which, that's I the mean, only thing I can see as a comparison. I I would say there's maybe like a 5% chance of him being a bust. I really don't see, see Brandon Miller being a bust. I could see him being a stud, but I, I really see him as just a really good role player. I don't think he's going to be that superstar that everybody's looking at him I to don't, be. I don't think he's going to be the number one guy for a team, but like he's going to be a starter for basically his whole career, I think. Yeah, I think I think day one he'll become a starter, and he'll, he'll remain a starter his entire career. I agree. I just think he's more of a Michael Porter Jr. type. It's no. not really the star role. For Scoot Henderson, high end, De'Aaron Fox. Okay, I like that. Um, I think he's stronger than De'Aaron Fox. He's, but dude, I, he, I agree. He, he's going to come in as one of the strongest guards in the league. I I wouldn't even be upset if you compared him to Russell Westbrook. Like right now, Russell Westbrook or prime? No, not right now. Like prime Russell Westbrook, just not as good, of course. Yeah, like he's not going to come out and average a triple double like for a few years but no absolutely not but he's very strong and he's just very like strong. westbrook he loves attacking the rim yeah very explosive that's something i i, I can compare him to russell westbrook low end colin sexton you know i i could i could see it i, I like it i like that comparison I, I just don't see him being that low i, I see scoot as a generational prospect he's going to be a star in the league uh, I someone actually commented and said the low end for Wimby is probably ball ball, just like you said. Yeah, for sure. I think that you know everybody's saying we've never seen a prospect like uh, Wimby, and really we have. Like ball ball is that super lengthy guy who has a handle, who can shoot the rock, who can block shots. You know that's it's he's a poor man's Wimby. He really is. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Well, uh, I think this episode went great. Um, if you want to know more about the podcast, you know, we're going to try to upload at least once a week. Uh, we're both very busy guys. 
but we're going to try to make this a weekly a weekly thing bringing you all the headlines and uh, next week we'll probably be bringing our draft reactions because I'm sure there's going to be some talk about what direction the teams went in and I'm hoping there's some trades we can talk about within the draft um probably going to be uploading this podcast on spotify we're going to try to do apple but it's we've we've come to a roadblock on apple so you might just be hearing us on spotify until we can get that fixed but uh once again thanks for tuning in to the podcast my name is dorn he is lucas and we'll catch y'all in the next one